Hello and welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. At the eighth mile, she's leading Bowbunder at the finish line. Stripes Cameron Caruso for the first time, 6.592. On this episode, it's top fuel ace Josh Hart and first-time full-time funny car racer Dave Richards. And there goes Gage Herrera. Vinny, Vini, Vici. He came, he saw, he conquered. Two nitro-fueled racers looking to attack a 2024 season with gusto. Chad Green's out first by a bunch. They get to the finish line. Strike, and it's Chad Green. 391-6 on a whole shot. A 33 line. This is the NHRA Insider. Into the night they go. And the wind light comes off for Doug Colada. 367-3, 334 miles an hour. Hey, everybody. Brian Lone's back with another episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. It is our second-to-last pre-Gainesville episode as the NHRA Amelie Oil Gator Nationals are just around the corner getting ready to kick the season off here in early March. I have this show and then next week's show be heading down to Gainesville shortly thereafter and getting the action started down there at historic Gainesville Raceway, a place that just had a massive race uh, last weekend. The NMRA Series kicked off their year at Gainesville Raceway, had a banging crowd down there. They claimed the biggest one in the history of the series uh, of any of the tracks they've raced at, which is pretty amazing. And then we could look across the sport of drag racing and see a really great trend uh, to kick off the year. Phoenix had a massive divisional down there, great car counts. Uh, no Problem Raceway ran their regional event, great car counts. Uh, Angel went to the final round and lost against uh, Jackie Frick down there. Uh, a lot of great stories in that uh, in that realm. Uh, Orlando Speed World had the opening of their kind of local bracket series down there. They had 400-plus cars. Streetcar Takeover was in Bradenton. That place was loaded up. And then you can, of course, go to South Georgia Motorsports Park and talk about Donna Long's Lights Out Race, which also blew the fences down and had great performances and saw, in some ways, um, a, a comeback of epic proportions for Stevie Fast Jackson, who has uh, the last couple of years been been really working hard but hasn't seen a lot of wind lights. Of course, he had time out of the seat. But he came back in his new Shadow Camaro uh, radial car and took home the Radio Versus the World honor. So um, a lot of stuff going on out there in the sport this past weekend, and a lot of it helps to lead into the Gator Nationals. Uh, big ProMod count already for this race at the Gators. 23 cars getting ready to go. Many of them will be competing back in Bradenton um, at the race next weekend, preceding the Gator Nationals. I mean, you know, we talk about kind of getting the season kicked off in fine fashion, and from top to bottom um, across the country, we've seen a lot of great participation already. Just getting things going, and uh, March is, you know, March is as much kickoff as anything else is with the Amelie Oil Gator Nationals. But when we look at these other events that were going on at these other racetracks, it's just a great indicator of what we can expect for the 2024 season across the country. Two guests on today's show will be Josh Hart and Top Fuel. He'll be the first guest, and it will be Dave Richards, driver of the Versatran Nitro Funny Car. Um, as we now know, it was announced earlier that he was going to be part of the Skag factory team, and it was announced just recently that uh, Skag had completed the acquisition of um, the, the Richards team. So he is officially integrated into the Skag team. I'm really interested to talk to Dave because this will be the first time that the Richards family uh, in so many years, has competed full-time on the NHRA Mission Foods Drag Racing Series circuit in the Nitro Funny Car category. So it's been a lifelong dream for them, and I'm certainly looking forward to his impressions, his expectations, and uh, what he wants to accomplish uh, over the course of 2024. For Josh Hart, I mean, we need to talk about a few different things. One, uh, we talked to Leah on the last show, and she talked about her 
maybe in, maybe not status for the Pep Boys All-Star callout that will happen at Gator at the Gators, which means Josh Hart is maybe in, maybe out of that, depending on what Leah's decision is on basically Saturday morning to determine whether she will run her car or not take it out of the trailer, which is contingent on where Tony Stewart is qualified. A lot of moving parts there, and I'm interested to get Josh's opinion, not only of that, his opinion of what his test session was like at Bradenton, his opinion of what his year needs to be this year, and his opinion of how he will make changes or has made the changes necessary to alleviate some of the frustrations from the 2023 season. Great driver, great people, not the results they wanted. How do they fix it? That's going to be the kind of topic of conversation with Josh. Outside of the rah-rah stuff regarding all these great races that happen around the country, I can tell you it was relatively quiet on the NHRA front. Uh, Tony Stewart, we know, has been relentlessly testing. In fact, he was testing at Gainesville prior to the NMRA race. Um, Leah told us on the last show the goal was to get him 20 runs in test form before the first round of qualifying happens at the Emily Oil Gator Nationals on Friday uh, afternoon. So uh, they've been at it hot and heavy. I would assume he's going to test during the week of the Gator Nationals. There is a an NHRA test session available there for teams that are running the event, and it uh, be interesting to see how they take advantage of that. Of course, the event, the race itself, starts on Thursday, so this, this test session will be Tuesday and Wednesday, and uh, we'll find out exactly how many teams decide to pound the pavement there at Gainesville before sportsman cars begin qualifying and running on Thursday. Uh, when we talk about uh, a couple of the other elements here, I mean, it's been relatively quiet in terms of any sort of announcements by teams um, and, and any sort of movement in that way. Obviously, everything, if you don't have it locked down by now, uh, you have big problems coming into a year that's going to start in a couple of weeks. Um, looking forward to, again, catching up with the likes of Richard Gadsden and some of the other racers uh, as we get things going here. And one thing I do want to talk about is for those of you that will be attending or even not attending events, you can still watch. Uh, Tony Pedregon and I did several um, NHRA Insider live shows from the pits during the countdown last year, and those did very well. And so we're going to be doing them at every single race. So at every race, there will be an NHRA Insider live that will happen in the pits, it will be streamed on NHRA social media channels and maybe some other places. We'll keep you updated on that. But it's going to include guests like Phil Burgess will be a uh, re recurring guest on this show. We'll have him in talk about his opinions and his observations about things going on through the season. Of course, we'll pack it with racers and crew chiefs. And we really run up and down the category spectrum here. Um, nobody is safe. But the NHRA Insider is going to be a constant at every, I believe, I've been told, every single national event will be doing one of those shows. And um, really want to build that into kind of a game day environment. Um, no, they're not going to be made on Sunday because our schedule is too compacted to handle that at the moment. But they will be made on Friday or Saturday. Would love to have people showing up with signs, with enthusiasm. Want to pack the area around the stage and really give it some big energy. So if you're coming to Gainesville, uh, we will be making the first one of those NHRA Insider Live shows on Friday in the pits. I will keep you posted via my own social media. NHRA will keep you posted via theirs. And we'd love to have you come out and hang out. We're going to have exciting guests, big energy, big storylines, and uh, maybe big controversy. We tend to stir that up around here as well. So that's what I got right now. Josh Hart will be the first guest when we come back to this episode of the NHRA Insider. I'm going to talk to the driver of the RNL Carriers, Top Fuel Dragster. Don't go anywhere. All right, we are back here in the NHRA Insider Podcast. Have our first guest coming on just for this second to last show before the Gator Nationals, the Ocala Top Fuel Racer himself, Josh Hart. What's up, Josh? 
How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. How's things in the world of uh, Bernie Speed Shop and the RNL Carriers Top Fuel Team? Uh, better than I deserve. We're very blessed and uh, growing leaps and bounds. Well, those are both good things. Um, first off, let's talk about what's going to go on before the Gator Nationals. You put on a fan fest last year that was like a total blowout, and you're doing it again. So what should people expect when they come to Bernie's and see you on Thursday, and why should they come hang out at the shop? Well, rumor has it we're going to have about 40 of the best drivers in the world signing autographs, so that's a small reason to show up. <laughs> but, uh, if you like anything automotive, um, classic cars and iconic cars, horsepower, um, all the beauty that the automotive industry brings, you will find it at Bernie Speed Shop. Man, that was good. That was a good pitch. That was a, you got a future as an announcer. That was very well. <laughs> that was very well done, man. Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about how things have begun for your team this year. You guys were down at Bradenton. You ran the wheels off the car. When you left Bradenton, what was the feeling? Did you accomplish what you wanted to? Is there still some left on the table? Kind of where's your head at right now? Uh, you know, I've never made thirteen test passes in my wow. career, and uh, it was a lot. Um, but yes, essentially, we learned a lot. We've got um, some really great things that we've been able to uh, work the kinks out of, like a new fuel system, uh, new clutch controllers, just stuff that we probably should have done last year. So we're a little bit behind the eight ball. Everybody else has, you know, 60, 70 successful passes on that stuff, and um, we have 13. So, But we're, we're full steam ahead. I think uh, everything is showing promise, and, and we're very optimistic. You know, it's an old saying that, um, you know, you should never switch horses kind of midstream. And, and I guess my question regard to what you just said about the technology changes or the parts changes, was that kind of the mindset last year? It's like, hey, like, let's not make this change midseason. Let's wait till the end. Kind of talk me through that. No, no, it was not. Um, I, I have no problem saying it how it is. And, and we were we were chasing our tails all last year. We yeah. couldn't seem to figure it out. And um, we were definitely not where we wanted to be. And, uh, you know, you can have an old saying that as soon as you start making excuses, you've already lost. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just didn't work out. We'll just leave it at that. And listen, I think that the testament to you and the organization you built is despite the fact you had the frustrations, despite the fact you didn't have the results you wanted, you didn't go in there and broom everybody out of the place. And, you know, there are teams that have done that and seemingly continue to do that. And they don't end up with very good results. So, you know, the faith you have in your people seems to be pretty strong. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've never been um, real on board with all that kind of mentality. I mean, I, I'm of the philosophy that the grass is greener where you water it. Yep. Uh, we're a real team. Um, they've expressed loyalty. I've shown my loyalty. And I, I want to build a program, not, not, keep a, not keep a revolving door of employees. Yeah, and that uh, I'm sure that's that. Those are lessons learned both in your in your automotive business, of course, and in the racing business. That's it is one and the same to a degree. Um, when we ask what's going to need to happen to be successful in top fuel in 2024, give me the biggest three critical factors here because what I'm looking at on paper anyway is a class that is populated not only with more cars but with more talent than we've seen in my estimation, since kind of the golden age of the 80s and 90s. So when you look at this thing as an objective person, as a driver, as the kind of analyst that you are, what are the three major factors that you're looking at that need to be right right off the bat? If you're going to be in the top eight, you're going to have to make your sled 
hit 360s. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no other way around it. 370s are starting to become a thing of the past. Uh, everybody was dipping into 360s yeah. even in testing. So uh, that's number one. Number two, the starting line advantage is everything. So yeah. rea- reaction times need to be on point. You need to be focused. You need to not be thinking about invoices and just thinking <laughs> right. about cutting a good light. Yeah. Um, and, and number three is I think the, um, I'm going to say morale of the team, you know, it needs to be optimistic and positive. And there's like this, uh, kind of this, uh, swagger that needs to develop yeah. through a season. And once you got it, you got to hold on to it. Yeah. And I think one of the things that to me, that's, that is interesting to look at the cars of 23 coming into 24 and you're one of the guys I put in this group. I put you in this group. I put Sean Langdon in this group um, and three or four other cars. But these are good cars that didn't live up to your own estimation or didn't, didn't live up to, to your ex- expectations or perhaps didn't live up to those of us to watch this stuff as, a, as critically as we do. And so you become a big wrinkle in this 24 season in my mind because when your car is right, we know you can drive it. We've watched you do it. We watch you do it all year long. Leaving's never been the problem. It's just been finishing the runs. So how much of a disruptor can you be or can a guy like Langdon be or can another solid leaving car that doesn't didn't perform in 23 be here in 24? Uh, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge once we get it figured out. You know, the thing is you can't make up a tenth with yeah. reaction time. You know, yep. so um, it doesn't matter how good you are on the light if you're going to just sit back and watch everybody drive by. But, <laughs> right. Um, it is frustrating to say the least, but like I said, we showed a lot of promise down in Bradenton. We're excited to make the uh, test laps in Gainesville, and uh, hopefully, we, we bring some heat to the table yeah, in the race. Yeah, I am. I am excited about that too. There's just a prospect of it. As as you know, there are other classes we can look at, i.e., Funny Car, even maybe Pro Stock, and say, okay, well, here's your three or four people you should keep an eye on at the end of the year. Uh, objectively, I don't think anybody can look at Top Fuel and say, here's your three or four. I think it really is honestly closer to eight or ten maybe even 12 cars out of what we're going to have, I believe, 16 to 16 full-timers this year um, are, are just ridiculously good. Now, one of the things that came up on the last show, I had Leah Pruitt on here, and we talked about the Pep Boys All-Star call-out. Now, you are in a very interesting position here, a position that no one in the sports history really has been in, in that you're kind of waiting on the doorstep. If she decides to run and and does run, then you will not participate. If she doesn't run, you come in. And I know this was a prickly topic with you. I think it rightfully a prickly topic with you. So you can you can spill your guts here on your your feelings regarding your position and and kind of what went on to achieve that position at this time. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be candid. I'm very supportive of Leah. I think that. Um, bottom line is she earned the spot and we didn't so if we get the opportunity to run we'll run I think there's way too many opinions floating around it um, I was sold kind of a bill of goods on some promotional stuff that didn't really come to fruition uh, from NHRA and, and that was a little unique I should have known what I was doing with her but um, bottom line is, is exactly what I said she earned it we didn't so if she races um, I hope she cleans house if not We'll do our best and uh, 
we'll try to defend our, our title. Yeah, and, and listen, that was a great moment for your team last year. I mean, it was like it was that thing that, that we all look at and go, well, here they go. Like, here we are. Let, and let's, I, I, let, let's, be, let's be honest. That was the only moment. <laughs> I mean, listen. There were a few. There were a few more interesting talking points in there, and, and you certainly reared your head more than twice, I believe, or twice or three times in the countdown. But in terms of in terms of winning battles versus winning the war, yes, you won some skirmishes, and certainly that was a very profitable battle you won in Gainesville. But yeah, the war uh, the war did not go the way you wanted. Um, in reality, though, this this doesn't change the approach of anything you do, right? I mean, you go in there, you run the car the same damn way. You still go in there, try to qualify number one, see what happens. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you just uh, you don't you can't you can't focus on all the crap around us. Yeah. You know, and, and it's so easy to do that. And everybody wants you to. You know, the sport needs it. And I'm just not that guy. I just I don't fit that bill. So. Yeah, and and your approach has has proven itself. I mean, uh, outside of again a season that was frustrating last year, we look at the success rate you've had in, in previous seasons, and and your your approach certainly speaks for itself and to itself. Um, I guess from a, you know, a managerial ownership perspective, when you assess the changes, like the fuel system changes and stuff you guys made in the off season, what are those conversations like? And and not in an emotional way, but like, is this, is it like, hey, okay, present me the reasons why we should do this, and then let's do it, or is it literally taking a guy at his word, saying if you say we got to do this, then we do this? Yeah, it's it's definitely just changing with the times. There's no board meeting or. Uh, yeah. Uh, director's input. It's just you got to evolve. I mean, you got Coletta going out there and just kicking everybody's behind yeah. every single time he makes a pass. You know, and, um, it, it's just it's like the evolution of the sport. So you yeah. either change or you get left in the dust. And last year we were left in the dust. And in terms of that evolution, is there a moment, or was there a moment in Bradenton where it was like? Okay, we not that we got it, but like, was there a single run that you made where you thought to yourself, okay, like this was the right path to take? Other than on paper knowing it's something you had to do, the results you got on the racetrack, you get out of the car. Was there a single run or just a collection of runs that made you think that we've done the right thing here and we're on the right path? Yeah, definitely, definitely a collection of runs. You know, we we were in the seventies. Uh, we had never ridden that stuff before. Yeah. So with the amount of changes that we made. Very, very proud of the team and how they adapted to uh, all of the new equipment. And for Ron Douglas, who is the, the crew chief on this car, it has to help him sleep a little bit better, right? I mean, leaving Bradenton with an, a nice intact race car, as you said, stringing these runs together, getting an initial handle on, on parts that inevitably will evolve to make you uh, significantly better, it has to make his life at least a little more comfortable to be in, right? Yeah, I would say. I mean, the fact that you know, Torrance, Force, you know, and us did not make the top eight. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty pretty tall company there. You know. If you look forward into into twenty twenty four, outside of yourself, who do you see as the major challengers to a Doug Coletta? Who are the cars that you look at and assess in the category as you know cars that are are championship threats? Taking yourself out of the equation, because frankly. I'd say this to you because we're sitting here. I'd say it to anybody else. I believe your car is in that in that category. Yeah, I think all of the full time cars are going to be awesome, um, but primarily, I'm going to keep my eye on Justin Ashley. Yeah. Um, he and I were going tit for tat for reaction time, yes. but he obviously <laughs> had the better car. Um, 
you know, obviously Coletta, anything from the Coletta camp. Yeah. I saw Langdon was putting down 60s and testing, so, um, you know, they've obviously got some things figured out too. So uh, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. They they all contenders. That's why they're there. Yeah. No, and, and you're right. I think I think there are there are drivers this season who will be exposed and I and I mean that in the way we talk about in any sport you know we talk about a a professional football team getting exposed quote unquote because they had a fairly easy schedule they ran pretty or they won a bunch of games and they start playing some better competition and all of a sudden they fall by the wayside I do think there are some drivers in this category that are going to be exposed this year and the reality is uh if you are not I'm going to say 65 or better average for the season you're in trouble if if you're an eighty to ninety average on a season right now in top fuel, you you are not you are not a championship caliber driver. I don't I don't see mathematically how that can work. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, there was some really really fast cars, some great passes where people lost on reaction time, and uh, that that's the hardest thing when you leave one of these events. You know, single round elimination, but when you leave and you know it was your fault, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, because you got to carry it with you. And, and it's like, you know, that always goes back to the dynamic nature of these teams where it is that ability of a crew and a crew chief to look at a driver and say, we'll get him next week when, when something goes sideways in the starting line. And on the opposite side of it, it's the, it's the ability of a driver or owner or somebody like you who's, who shares both roles to be able to look at those guys and that crew chief and say, we'll get him next week. That, that ability to give and take is, is pretty much invaluable. And I'd have to guess it only gets built over time with trust. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a give-or-take relationship. But, um, you know, if you're in Pomona, there's no next week. You know, yeah. you got to sit on that crap all off-season. <laughs> right. <It sucks>. right. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't like it at all. But um, thank you for the Bradenton event because it shortened our off-season. But, anyway, I'm, I'm anxious for Gainesville. It's going to be a great time. And I guess one last question before I let uh, I let you go. You know, we we are. I mean, we're we're all chomping at the bit to get the season started. We look at what's gone on around the country over the last week or so with massive events, uh, whether it's divisional events, radial events, streetcar events. It's all kind of banging away. How does it translate into your other business? Are you seeing that that level of enthusiasm for classic cars, hot rods, resto mods that we're now seeing to start this season in drag racing? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, people are concerned with an election year, this and that, but the, the arena that we play in, a lot of our customers and clients, they want something tangible. You know, they want yeah. to invest in something fun. And uh, in most cases, it's appreciating, you know, not depreciating. Yes. So um, it's been very good in our business. Uh, like I said, better than I deserve sometimes. Very, very <laughs> blessed and grateful. So, um, just, just look for, looking forward to 2024. I think it's going to be amazing. Well, Josh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I look forward to seeing you at the Fan Fest at Bernie's Speed Shop on Thursday night uh, before the start of the professional qualifying at the Gator Nationals on Friday. And um, I look forward to you kind of going in there and screwing up some people's weekends, man. I, I want I want Josh Hart to be the guy who people are afraid of. Again, I want you to give him the reason for it. And uh, I feel like you and Ron Douglas and the entire crew will. I appreciate that more than you know. We will be back with Dave Richards, another Florida racer, right here in the NHRA Insider just after this. Don't go anywhere.
Hey everybody, welcome back to the NHRA Insider Podcast. I am joined by the newest full-time funny car racer in the NHRA universe, driver of the Versatran Nitro Funny Car, part of the Skag Factory team, Mr. Dave Richards. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing really well, and uh, you know, this to me is one of the great stories we have coming into the 2024 season, and um, I can't even imagine the range of emotions that you guys have gone through over the course of this process and kind of looking forward to what you have coming this year. Yeah, it's, it really is amazing um, to end the way we did last year with the crash and, and, and then to, to bounce back at all and then to bounce back to this extent going full time is, you know, it's, it's, um, there's been a lot of emotions. It's a dream come true. I mean, this is, this is everything we've always wanted to do and, and uh, we're really excited. You know, to me, it was great to watch the team last year really consistently improve. We watched the car get better, and and this is what good teams do, right? They make more runs, they get more data, they apply that data and get better. So the crash happens, and it was a it, it gutted all of us. I mean, we all felt horrendous for for both of you guys, but really specifically for your team because you're an innocent bystander in the whole thing. And um, you know, previously up until that time, really up until this most recent time in history. Something like that happens to your team, and you guys are you guys are pretty much down for the count. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, that's that's the risks of drag racing, yeah. um, especially when you're an independent like that. It's you've got all your eggs in one basket, and if if something like that happens, you know you're out of luck unless you've just got a couple extra race cars in your trailer and at your right. shop, which right. which we we didn't. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, thankfully with with Randy and Versatran. Um, they were to help. They were there at the right times, and he just said, "Do you want to get back in the car?" I said, "Absolutely." He said, "Okay, let's go. Let's get a car. Let's get going." Man, um, so that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. Um, and we've been working hard, and, and we've got the same group of guys working on the on the team, and we're just trying to we're trying to enjoy it. Me myself, anyway. Yes, yes, I'm a nervous wreck, <laughs> and I'm I'm freaking out about it, but I'm I'm also excited, and yeah. I know once we get a few races under our belt. Um, I'll I'll calm down a little bit and, yeah. and be more comfortable. But I just really want to enjoy it. You know, this stuff doesn't doesn't come around very often, and uh, to get to race full time with the best of the best is you know, I, I feel very lucky to be able to do this. And look, I think you bring to the table one of the things, and, and one of the reasons I think you you guys were so well loved last year by so much of the fan base is because there is a level of appreciation that you have in that. Like the amount of struggle and hard work you guys have put in over the years, the amount of your own sweat and blood have gone into this, the amount of phone calls you and your family have made to raise any money you could to get to the racetrack. Like you understand this on a level that's different than, and I'm not taking a shot at anybody, but people that have done this on this professional level for 10 or 15 years tend to forget where that heart and soul has to come from. And it's still very fresh with you. So I think it's really unique, your appreciation and perspective. It's, uh, it's very cool. And the fans I know love it. Yeah, and that's that's just it, and I I don't plan on ever forgetting that. I just I feel like when we talk to fans, I, I see them just how appreciative they are for us to take a second and talk to them, or or you know sign an autograph, or just show them around, or just answer some questions. I feel like you you make somebody's day doing that, and they're they're part of the sport. Without them, you know, we don't have we don't have anything. Absolutely. So it was that quick. I mean, when when the you know you you get back. You kind of take. I'm guessing you take a couple of days to settle down after the after the wreck, and and Randy calls up and says, "Hey, what's what's the deal? You want to keep doing this?" I mean, was that really the genesis of how it happened? And was it even a couple of days, or was it before that? <laughs> actually, it was. Uh, it wasn't a couple of days. It was actually that 
that Friday night. Um, wow. Um, we, we went up to the stands to watch the second round because it was the night run, and, you know, we were just sitting there. And Randy's, you know, text Paul. He's like, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to rebuild. We're going to get you a new car. And then that's just the type of guy he is. He, and when we saw him the next day, he's like, I didn't want your heads to hit the pillow worrying and wondering. He's like, we're going to do this. I believe in you. And, and that was, it was just like that, that we instantly had that, okay, we're going to be okay. We don't have to yeah. worry as much. And look, I'm sure you, like so many other independent racers, have had people tell you stuff in the past, and and, and it keeps you up at night in a good way. It doesn't give you know it's it's an excitement level that a lot of guys get built up to, and then the rug gets pulled out. But the one thing I can say in in my experience with Randy and understanding him to the level I do is that dude is never going to look you in the eye and say something to you that he doesn't mean one way or the other, right? I mean, he the words that come out of his mouth are not uh, in passing; they are acted upon. Oh yeah. Yeah. What he says is he means it. Um, he's just a, a great person. And it's, you know, we, I was able to go to their factories, uh, two weeks ago and tore all their plants and just to see him walk through these plants, there's, we went to five different factories. They got 1500 employees and he's just walking through there. He knows everybody's name. Wow. It's just like amazing to see. He's just a very special person and he, he, he loves to help people in any way he can. And, uh, Thank God he likes drag racing and he loves bring, bringing the dealers out. <laughs> yeah, you know it's great. It's great for the sport, um, and it's. I think uh, I'm excited to be part of it. No, it is cool, and and we have actually a power equipment dealer not too far from my house, and they they fly the Skag banners right on the fence in front of their property, and, and all of them have the NHRA logo on it. And I always think it's really cool. I mean, this is a guy who's who activates, who gets his people on and in front of uh, in front of other people, and certainly brings the dealers out in droves. So. Yeah. When you you know you're talking about freaking out and, and a level of of nervousness, which is totally natural. What are those things that you are you know in a joking way saying freaking out? But what are the things that you are keeping front of mind in terms of of your operation and and what you're putting together here? Um, I, I think just uh, making sure we're prepared. We've you know yeah. everyone's worked hard to to get it all, and then it's like man, we got two weeks. We're in Gainesville. Yeah. Uh, and then once it starts, it's just going to go. Um, so a lot of that, just making sure we've got everything we need, and and you know even even building this race car, it was up until three weeks before the Bradenton race, we had just finally found a car. So apparently, it's not that easy to go <laughs> buy a Metro funny car. Um, you feel like you didn't need one. There's five of them laying around, but right. you know it wasn't easy. And then for us to just get it and to put it together from scratch and, and and get out there so it's just been it's been a lot and i know once the season starts and we're already working on a you know a backup car and back and we're planning ahead now yeah where typically the way we race when you race part-time is you just plan right then and there because yeah. that's all you can plan for um so that and, and then just the the level of expectation for me driving the car um you know i it just i want to get that confidence back and and I know I know that's going to come just with making laps and being yeah. out there and doing it week after week. Um, so it's just stuff. I've always like you start me anyway. I'd always be like if I didn't race that much, you'd start to like doubt yourself. Or, Man, yeah. can I really do this? And and then it's like last year when we went to a couple in a row. Then it, then you're like hungry. Then you're like, all right, I'm yeah. ready to <laughs> I'm ready to kick someone's butt, you know. But at, at first, you're more standoffish, and, you know. And that's that's all the stuff I'm nervous excited all the above about so 
Yeah, and and I think it's only natural. And and one of the things that I think you've always brought to the table, even on the on the typical part time basis that you guys have run on so much, is that you've shown yourself like to be anybody's match on a starting line. You can handle the race car, and and you know it's like it's it's like a weird, crazy, long term version of pinch hitting in baseball. You know, you're a guy who sits on the bench for eight innings, and the coach goes, "All right, you're gonna hit. You know, you, we need you up in the ninth. And it's like, well, dude, I haven't even swung a I haven't swung a bat in a while here, but okay. And in drag racing. If you're a part-time racer like you guys have been, it's it's kind of a crazy version of that, right? Like all of a sudden, like all right, kid, you're coming off the bench. You know, it's it's wild. Yeah, and that's that's actually it's funny if you bring up the baseball thing. Like I always loved baseball as a kid and and wanted to make the major leagues. And when you realize, okay, you're not, you got to go get a job and do something else. <laughs> I mean, I love race cars also, but that wasn't in the cards yeah. a long time ago. And uh, now, like I tell everyone, this is our. We just got called up to the major leagues. We're we're up there. You know, and then I joke with my guys. I'm like, yeah, we're we're in the major leagues, but we're like the movie major league. Really quick <laughs> the, you know, and I hope to, you know, I, I love it. We're gonna come rolling in like the Cleveland Indians, and and hopefully at the end be, you know, surprising some people. You know. Yeah, and look, I mean, to me, you know, again, before the before it all came to a to a bad end last year. Um, you know, you guys are you're pulling off some upset wins. You're showing people you know how to get to the finish line first. Um, you know, so when the when the success begins to come for you with this with this full time this full time venture, and that's going to stack up like it always does for people, some round wins and then some some increased elapsed times, all that stuff. I mean, I don't know who's going to be surprised by it. Anybody that's not paying attention is probably going to be surprised by it. But anybody that has been paying attention, it's like this is a this is a worthy shot. And you know, Randy doesn't strike me as the type of guy who's going to take a flyer on somebody he doesn't trust in or believe in. So I think that's another great endorsement. Yeah, and that's that's where, you know, it's like a dream come true. It's kind of hard to believe. But then when you talk to Randy, you just get that good vibe. You know, he's just a good person. And and I, I've always tried to practice my life like karma, just be good to people yeah. and good things will happen. And with our with our team, like we don't have any we, – we keep good people with us and everyone that just did it for the love of the sport and, and love of the fans. And, you know, I just feel like uh, – yeah, it's just wild that that I, he believes in us, and it it gives me more confidence knowing the type of person he is and how successful he is and how just a great person. But for him to to really truly believe in us and our team, it gives me that gives me more confidence. Like I'm kind of like in the back of my head, I'm like he knows something I don't know, and we're going places, kind of thing. So you know, it's pretty cool. It really is, and, and let's talk about that team aspect because one of the things that can be a stumbling block for teams that run a part-time schedule that want to expand even to be a bigger part-time team is the help because, you know, when you're running that part-time status, typically, you know, you you have a good core, and that core is working their job and using their vacation time as much as they can to come to the races. So talk to me about that expansion on the, the crew side commitment and how you've, uh, how you've worked that out. Um. Well, honestly, we're still working it out. Um, yeah. You know, we it, that that you hit the nail on the head there. It's that has been something that we're working through, and and I gave every one of our guys like the opportunity to go full time. Sure. And they're all coming along, and I think some of them. We're just going to see how it goes. We've we have that we have uh, got a few full time guys like they're at the shop every single day. are going to go on the road all the time, and and then I still have a couple guys that are going to fly in. But that's that's a hard thing to yeah. to do now that we're doing this full time because, like you said, everyone had 
careers and, and, and regular jobs that would take their vacation time to go racing. So, but it also helps now with the financial side of things that we're able to give them a, a paycheck. Oh, absolutely. Where before it was like, all right, you know, I'm going to, you got a hotel and a bologna sandwich. Yeah. And, and if we do okay, come Thursday when any train, any train money comes, we'll give you a couple of bucks. That's just right. kind of how it goes. Yeah. No, it's, and, and that's the interesting part to me. And, and I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, if there's an ability in there, like for some of these other talented part-time teams, like if there's an ability, almost like a talent pool where it's like, if one guy's not racing this weekend and you might need a clutch guy, or you might need this guy that he can come and work. I mean, there has to be some of that going on, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, that's how we always did it. Yeah. Race part-time as well as you, you kind of rock in your key guys and, yeah. and there's a lot of it. Wow. You know, this guy can't come this week cause he's working on a dragster this weekend, but he's <laughs> right. this weekend. But, I do know, and my brother Paul and, the, and everyone on the team, we know we got to keep it as consistent as possible, especially uh, racing as much as we're going to race. You don't want to kind of keep changing guys. And, yep. and that's where we're still working on that, but I feel it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to all pan out. No, I believe that it will too. And again, it goes back to the operation and the fact that uh, that you guys do treat people the right way, and you're you're a car that people would uh, would not run the other way from. When you call up, say, "Hey, we need some help this weekend," people are not going to run out the door. Um, in terms of you know, in terms of the you know, kind of logistical inventory stuff, I'm guessing you have more parts and more shiny parts than you probably ever had in your whole life. Yeah, yeah, no, it, that's that's for sure. Like. <laughs> Like, how many clutch discs do you just ordered? <laughs> like, Bonifani called my brother Paul. He's like, he was just congratulating me. He's like, I just heard you ordered 600 discs. And he's like, wow. He's like, that's, that's awesome. You know, it's just to order, to order parts in bulk is, we've never been able to do that. It's always been, all right, we're going to order enough to get through this race or, or one more after that and then replenish. Yeah. So that's, all that's coming together nicely. Um, and like I said, we're just trying to, plan ahead you know plan six seven months out instead of what next week like we like we typically would yeah absolutely and and you know to me the other great part of this story is is one the family aspect of it but the multi-generational aspect of it you know this is this is not just a dream that's realized for you and your brother you know this is a multi-generational family dream and i think that's like the greatest payoff of all of it yeah yeah this is this is great um i know like my my dad passed away in yeah. 2020 but this was his dream and i know he's he's up there smiling for sure um our mom still comes to most of the races when she can and she's super excited and I, I do have two other brothers that come to the races a lot but they've never been really involved in the racing team more or less but definitely just uh to think of all the years my dad raced and then to be able to still keep doing it and then to, to get the opportunity to do it at this level is it's it's pretty cool are all four of the the richards brothers your size because you and your brother you and your brother are, are large orders like are you are your other two brothers big as well uh yeah yeah, yeah my, my youngest brother he's he's taller than it's our oldest brother he's a little shorter but he's still we're not, none of us are little little guys <laughs> Well, and, and to some degree, I mean, that has to help. You're obviously a very physically fit guy, too. Um, what was the soreness level like once the adrenaline wore off up there last year after the crash? Was it was it pretty nasty? It was. Um, yeah. It was. It, I had some bruised ribs. Um, 
they may have been cracked or broke. I, yeah. I never went and got an x-ray because everyone I talked to, well, if it's this, it's gonna, you're not going to do anything different anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I did go and they checked my vitals, and I was doing okay. Yeah. But it was all of, I'd say, like eight, nine weeks of really sore yeah. just in my ribs. Like I had my, I had a nice lump on my knee, but it wasn't nothing. It was just the sore ribs. Yeah. That was just a reminder. Yeah. yeah. The worst part of that whole thing was after I got home, like Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of feeling okay. I'm thinking I'm better. And then I sneezed. Oh. Oh my God. I, <laughs> it was the, I thought I was dying. Like it was the worst thing ever. And I remember thinking, man, I hope I don't sneeze. And it was, that was, that was bad, but it was, it was, it was sore for a while, but actually now it's a hundred percent ready to go. That's awesome. And I guess one uh, one of my final questions is is a typical one for somebody who's going to hit the tour full time for the first time is what is the track you're most looking forward to running at? Um, well, I, I'm looking forward to running some of the ones that I haven't raced at, which I haven't raced um, out like Seattle area. Yep. Uh, I really like Vegas, and I've raced there a couple times, but I really love that track just – being in the car and looking out and seeing the mountain range and the, the fighter jets flying all over. Um, and I think that's probably like my, my favorite track I think is going to be Vegas. No, that's cool. And it's a good one. But Obviously to get to see and it. Pomona, and Pomona. I take that back. Um, I raced there back in 16, but was that the last yeah. time you were at Pomona 2016? Yes. Okay. Yep. A long time ago, that's when we first ran our first three-second run, and I remember that it was Q4, and we had to run in our threes and run the best run we'd ever, ever to get in. I remember it was getting dark, and it, I remember just telling my brother, "Like I'm going. I'm either gonna, I'm going." <laughs> it just that run, it was just all over the place, but we made it and qualified, and and that was uh, that was a good memory. Well, man, I'm excited for you and uh, your your team, your family. I'm excited for everybody, and and certainly for the fans. Uh, you know, you you bring great energy, you bring a great story into the class, and and to have you as a full time competitor is is a great addition to Nitro Funny Car Drag Racing. So, congratulations, first off, on all the work that's gone into getting you this far, and um, good luck this year, man. I look forward to seeing some some great top end interviews when you guys start knocking off some round wins. Uh, hey, in just a couple of weeks, Gainesville. How about starting there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we might as well start off right in Gainesville. Start off that way. So, well, thanks for uh, everything. I appreciate everything. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. He's Dave Richards, driver of the Versatran, any Ray Nitro funny car as part of the Skag factory team. He'll be at Gainesville. It's his home state race, and he's looking to start busting some feelings up on his first weekend in the car in 2024. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back with some final thoughts right after this. And so back here with some final thoughts in this episode of the NHRA Insider. Pretty neat to talk to two different guys, especially both being from Florida, coming into this 2024 season in such a different place. Dave Richards coming in as a full-timer for the first time. I think it's a great story. You can hear the appreciation in his voice. He's certainly a very humble guy and a team that is going to be out there uh, doing their best to learn and evolve through the season. Interesting to talk about some of those logistical issues and growing the commitments needed to fulfill a full schedule and how they're going to overcome those. But overall, that is a uh, that is a family that has worked very hard to put themselves in a place where they can do what they're going to do in 24. I, for one, am excited to watch it. And for Josh Hart, this is a guy who, as you heard him talk about, is committed to the people he has working for him, is committed to the path that they are taking, and is committed to finding a way to be competitive again in 2024 
more so than he was in 23, back to the levels of competition he has seen in the previous seasons. He's another one of those drivers. Let's put Brittany Force in there. Let's put Sean Langdon in there. Let's put Josh Hart in there. That, given a better race car in 2024, will come out and do damage to the cars that beat up on them in 2023. Josh Hart will be having a fan fest on Thursday night at Bernie's Speed Shop. You can follow the RNL Carriers Racing Team, Josh Hart Racing, uh, on social media to get the details on that. NHRA.com will have plenty of details on that as well. Huge event, 40 plus drivers, massive car show. You get free reign of his entire business and shop, 40,000 square feet of hot rods, classics, customs, and more. I'm going to be there. Costello's going to be there. It is going to be a big party Thursday night. Make sure you're there too before the Gator Nationals. And that, as they say, is that. We'll be back next week with one final show before the Gator Nationals. And yes, we will be live from the pits, the NHRA Insider Live at the Gator Nationals. But next week, we're going to set up the race, finally kicking off the Mission Foods NHRA Drag Racing Series in 2024. I'm Brian Loans. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back again next week on the NHRA Insider.